But what a beautiful time just to open scriptures and just to, to share this beautiful story of the birth of Christ. I think in the last song it said, Behold your King. And that's what we've got to be seeing. We've got to be holding the King. We've got to behold the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We've got to behold this Jesus, this God incarnate, who existed in the Godhead for for the foundations of the earth for all eternity. He was not created, yet He came and dwelt amongst us and walked with us. And that is just uh, too, uh, too amazing and too mind-blowing for my little mind to, to accept almost and to understand. And sometimes we just need a little bit of faith. And I, my prayer for us this morning is, is uh, that God would, the Holy Spirit, would reveal to each of us this King. This King of the Jews. This King who was born as a baby and the... And the wise men saw him as a, as a king, as a baby. If you think of Simeon and Anna, they'd been told, they'd been heard that they would see the king before they died. They would see the Messiah. And so they were waiting at the temple, watching, week in and week out, year in and year out, waiting for this king. How were they going to know? Because for me, all babies look very much alike. They're all very similar. How, was, how were they going to know that this Jesus was the King of kings and the Lord of lords? This baby was the Messiah. And it's a revelation of the Holy Spirit. So I'm asking that Holy Spirit would reveal to you and I Jesus. Because in comparison to everything else we have in the world, if we don't have Jesus, we actually have nothing. Because He is the center of the universe. And how do we see this King? So it's by rev- this by revelation. If you look back a, a few years, 30 years later, sometime after His birth, what happened? He went to the cross. The crowd cried out, crucify Him, crucify Him, crucify Him. And if you and I were there, we would have been part of the crowd crying out more than likely, crucify Him. And he was beaten and he was uh, whipped with a tail of nine, whatever it is. It's got little bits of bone and little bits of stone and it rips the flesh. And he was beaten and whipped because he came to save you and I. And he was marred beyond recognition. And yet, on the cross, the thief next to him saw that he was the king of kings. One of the Roman soldiers saw that this was the Messiah. How did they see this? How did you see that Jesus was the Lord? Somewhere along the, the, the line, you, you were, uh, the Lord opened your eyes and opened my eyes to see Jesus. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would open our eyes this morning, that we might see Jesus and who He is. So I'm going to read some scripture. We're going to read from uh, Matthew chapter, chapter 2. And maybe we'll open it up. We'll see how far we get this morning. 
as we're reading the scripture, as we're reading the story, and I know you've all heard it many, many times before, I want you to lose yourself in the scripture. Maybe uh, look at it from a different perspective as you being there at that time. Maybe you would be, we're looking at the visit of the wise men, maybe you were one of the wise men or wise women. So Matthew chapter 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophets, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people of Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When the star, when they, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. What a story. What a story. This happened around about 2,000 years ago. What should your response and my response be to this king? This king who is the king of kings and the lord of lords. What should our response be? So we're going to get a look here. We're going to have a look at some of the responses in the scriptures. In this scripture uh, of various people. Maybe put yourself in the place of the angels as they watch what was happening. They had been crying, holy, holy, holy. They lived to adore and worship the Godhead, the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They had heard the, the Gabriel pronouncing these wonderful words that uh, Mary was going to have a boy. 
And his boy was going to be called Jesus, Yeshua. And the Lord would give him a throne. The throne of his father David. Upon which the son would never sit. Set. Just think of that. They, they are watching this from a distance. They are not sure of the details and how it's all going to plan out. And they're watching it and, and, and they're hearing what's happening. And they're getting excited. Hopefully you're excited this morning as you hear the, heard the story. Because a Savior has been born. A Savior is born on this day. And then you get these three wise students, three, three wise men, the Magi. Students of the stars, they were experts in the astrology. Not quite sure where they might have come from, but they came from the east. They came probably from Babylon. How do you see from the stars that a Savior is being born? I think uh, John Calvin puts it this way. He says that, the, that God would have fortified their minds, the minds of, of, of the wise men, by His Spirit. They would have known it by His Spirit. And that's one of the things I want you and I to know today. It's by the Spirit. We don't come to a knowledge of Jesus through intellectualism. We come through a knowledge of Jesus through a revelation of the Holy Spirit. And when we have a look at the story, we have a look at the, the virgin birth. And the virgin birth, I mean, there are people, there are big theologians who have walked away from, from Jesus because they can't handle the virgin, the virgin birth. It's too much for them. It's too much for their little brains. And sometimes it's too much for, even for me. You wonder how this could happen. But uh, Mary had the same problem. He, she, didn't, she wasn't quite certain about it. How was this going to happen? And what was God's response to her? What was the, the angel's response to her? Was it's gonna, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. It's a supernatural thing. This whole, of this whole of this book is a supernatural book. Right from the beginning, from page one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right till the end, when He comes and wraps it all up, and He gives us a new heaven and a new earth. And that is just so exciting. Somehow, these wise men knew that the king of the Jews had been born. So they're excited. They leave. They've got a... I can't remember the exact dates. I did some research. But it was, it was a long journey. It was a long journey. It wasn't just a, a hop in the car and a drive down to uh, uh, Belito. It was a long journey... Most likely on foot. And they set off on this journey when they knew the king of the Jews was going to be born. They made it their, their intent they, that they would find out. They would find this, this, this king of the Jews. They would find where he was born. And they would worship him and they would bring him gifts. And so they leave. But not everybody's happy when a king is born. If you think about it, what about Herod? Now he was threatened out of his tiny little socks because, yeah, the king of kings, the king of kings had been born and he was aware of that. 
he had been, uh, I think he had been uh, ruling uh, for more than 40 years uh, in, uh, in Palestine, in, in, in Israel. He'd been, been there for more than 40 years. But no one had called him Messiah. And so he was threatened. And what did he do? We have, one of a, we have a genocide. He's so threatened that he kills. When he finds out where this child has been born, he, he has every child under two years, every boy child under two years, heads taken off. Because he's threatened by the king of the kings, the king of kings and the lord of lords. His, he's not willing to relinquish his power. And so not everybody's happy when a king is born. Not, not everybody's happy when the Messiah is born because it's going gonna, it's gonna to challenge your position. When it says in, in Matthew 2 verse 3, when Herod, heard the, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Christ had come to Jerusalem, had come to the people of Israel, had come to the Jews to bring salvation. In John chapter 1 verse 11 it says, He came to His own and His own did not receive Him. The Christ had not spoken any words yet, had not said any controversial things. He was just a little baby. And yet right from the beginning, His life was contested. There was, a, there was a fight on, a battle on for his life. And Satan was out to get him by any means which he could. So Herod is threatened. The people, the masses are, are troubled. And so where do the wise men go? They go to the leaders of the, of the religious leaders of the day and they go and try and find out where is Jesus going to be born? And so they unraveled the scrolls to have a look and see where was this Messiah to be born? And they discovered from Micah chapter 5 verse 2 that he would be born in Bethlehem. So they found out. They went to the religious leaders of the day, the pastors and the teachers and the preachers of the day. They went to them and found out, where's this king being born? And it was in Bethlehem. And off they went to Bethlehem. What about the rulers? What about the religious rulers of the day? What did they do? If what the wise men understood was true, wouldn't you, wouldn't I, wouldn't we go along and have a look and see, well, if this is true, let's go, let's go to Bethlehem and let's go and see for ourselves if there is a king, if, if this king, this Messiah has come. But no, what did they do? They just went on business as usual, ran their, their synagogues, ran their, their meetings as usual because they had the power. They did, they they saw a king, the king of the kings, as, as actually a threat to their power base. So there were no room 
in their hearts, in their religious systems. There was no room in the ends of their, of their hearts. What about you and I today? Do you have any room for this King of Kings, for Jesus? Because Jesus, one day, all of us, every single person in this room, are going to stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that is going to be the most amazing, exciting, terrifying day of all eternity. Because are you going to, are you and I going to be standing knowing that we, we, we have loved Jesus, that, that we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that we have been following Jesus all the days of our lives. And our salvation has come from what He did on the cross, not from anything that you and I have done. So for us, that day is a wonderful day. And we can echo, we can sing, and we can, we can shout and scream, and we can say, Maranatha, come Jesus! It's a beautiful day. But it's not a beautiful day for everybody. Because at that day, if you have not bowed the knee before Jesus comes, Jesus will say, I have no part of you. And your destiny would be hell for all eternity. This is the God that we serve. A God who sends people to hell. Well, maybe He doesn't send us. We send, we send ourselves to hell. By our own rejection of Jesus. If you reject Jesus, you go to hell. Bottom line. You might have done a lot of good things in your life. You might have helped lots and lots of people. You might have gone down the valley and taken food parcels and wrapped up Christmas presents for the orphans and, and uh, done all those wonderful things. But the whole of Scripture hangs on this. Who do you say Christ is? Who do you say Jesus is? And that's the question throughout the Scriptures. And Peter gets asked, they get, the disciples get asked that question. And they, some say, well, he's Elijah. Some say he's Elisha. John the Baptist come back from the dead. But Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that is the key that unlocks heaven and you, heaven for you and I. It's so good that as we, as we acknowledge Him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, as we acknowledge Jesus... As the King of Kings, our lives are changed. My last little section is when you look at the, the wise men, as they come and see this child, the King of Kings, they knew he was the King. He wasn't going to be the King. He was the king, even this little, this little tack. He was the king, and he was to be worshipped as the king. And so what did they do? They fell on their knees. They fell on their knees, and they worshipped him. That's your response and my response to, to the king of kings. And that's why we come on a Christmas morning, and we come on a Sunday, and we come... We come to worship the King of Kings and we should fall on our knees and just acknowledge the, His greatness and his, that, that He is the King and the King to be worshipped. They saw what these, uh, 
wise men, they saw what other people could not. They saw this king had a crown. They saw that the king of kings and the lord of lords had come. And they were Gentiles. Just from the east. Wise men from the east. Towards the end of every gospel, Jesus is asked, Are you the king of the Jews? In every case, he replies, You have said so. You have said so. Pilate is asking him the question, Are you the king of the kings? He said, You have said so. And he is, he is saying as well that he is the king. He is the king of kings. Leading up to this question, we see all kinds of people bowing to Jesus and entering the kingdom. We see blind men, we see hopeless criminals, we see no-name no name fishermen, we see the sinful, we see the shamed, we see the paralyzed, we see the, the misfits, the out of place. But like you and I, they routinely, those are the people that worshipped him. While the comfortable, the at home, the well-to-do, the religious, but apathetic stayed away. Don't stay away. The question I have to ask you today, I want you to ponder today and in this next week. Is Jesus the King of the Jews? Is Jesus your King? If the answer is yes, fall on your knees. If the answer is no, give your life to Jesus today. Give your life to Jesus there is no greater decision you'll ever make. No better decision you'll ever make. I'm not promising you an easy life walking with Jesus. But I'm promising you a peace, uh, uh, a joy which passes all understanding. And that joy comes from knowing that we are, we are saved. The, the wise men were exceedingly joyful. Exceedingly joyful. So let's close this morning. Let's close this morning with singing joy to the world. And let's go out with joy. Let's go out with joy. And, and we, many are feasting and eating. And uh, uh, may, the, may we not put on any weight. Uh, we pray for that. Uh, but may we enjoy and feast on Jesus most of all this Christmas.